Hello and welcome to Mind of a Football Coach podcast. Today we have on the podcast Andy McPherson, um, who is uh, an official in the area. Really, really great guy, great official. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Uh, thanks, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, you hit me up on Twitter, which is how I find all my podcast people. <laughs> and then uh, you're like, hey, I want to get on the podcast. And I said, that's great. If this is the first. I listen to a lot of podcasts that haven't had an official one before. So tell us, tell listeners about yourself and uh, what got you into officiating. Well, I've been, I just finished my 17th year officiating. Um, I've been around officiating my entire life. My dad, ju- my dad and I are on the same crew. He's my white hat. Um, my dad just finished, I believe, his 38th season officiating. Um, and how I got into it, man, I was, I was born into it. You know, when I was in high school, uh, I didn't go to my local high school games. I traveled around the state with my dad and went, got into it and uh, fell in love with it. Uh, I only played two years of football, but I fell in love with officiating. I love the camaraderie of, of officiating. And um, after, after I graduated high school, I took a year off. Uh, didn't get into football my first year out of high school, but uh, got right into it the next year and uh, been in love with it ever since. You know, it's interesting. You talk about being in love with it. People are scrambling for officials. Yeah, there's a big shortage nationwide with officials. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 getting really bad, and uh, you know, every year we have a rookie school, and you know, we bring in maybe ten to fourteen guys, and within about two to three years, they're gone. They don't want to stay into it, and there's a number of reasons mm-hmm. for that, and I, I'll get into that probably a little bit later. But uh, but yeah, I mean, the, in I know there are some sports that aren't hurting for officials, but football is one of the sports. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a specialized craft, and and we need sure. to keep officials around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I saw an article somewhere online about Ohio is like panicking for officials. Yes, Ohio is absolutely panicking, and I I actually read an article right before the season started that in some states in the Midwest they're actually doing double headers, where there are two varsity games at the same school. One at six and one at like eight thirty, because uh, they use the same crew of officials because wow. they, they don't have enough officials at all. Jeez. Or they'll move games to Saturday so that the same crew can work the same game, but instead of it being a straight doubleheader like a baseball doubleheader would, it's at one o'clock and then six o'clock. So because they don't have enough officials mm-hmm. to cover the games, and I know that in basketball in some states they've lost officials or they're they're canceling middle school games because all the officials are working the varsity games. It, it's it's getting really bad. You know, and like someone has to definitely do with the coach official interaction, parent official interaction. I think more of it is the parent interaction. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned that you know our, our rookie and young officials they quit after two to three years, and I think mainly that's because they have to start at the midget league level and the middle school level. And when I go back and I, and I don't do the midget league levels anymore, but when I go back and I think about mm-hmm. you know the parents at midget leagues and these youth leagues, and the parents are terrible. Mm-hmm. There's no repercussions if anything happens. Oh, yeah. um, you know, so so guys just get discouraged. I don't think it's really the coaches. You know, for the most part, I think it's mostly you know the parents, mm-hmm. and it's and it's the money. You know, yeah. a lot of people think you know well you know it's for the kids. It is for the kids, and we are out there for the kids, or we wouldn't be doing it. Right. But we also expect you know to make you know make our time worth it sure. and, and our effort worth it. So sure. so I think that's the main reason. That leads really into my next kind of question. You know, like officials take a lot of time out of their own personal time absolutely 
because you know, Andy, you, you tell me you sell insurance for a living, right? Right. And um, that's your living. Then you do officiating, like on the on the side as another profession. Um, what does it take to be an official? Like, what kind of training do you go through and things like that? So at, at least here in, in, in our area, every year our association has a rookie school where we there are there's 40 hours of classroom work and you know we oh talk God, yeah I mean it, it's I mean it, it's yeah, yeah. It, I mean now is is it all stretch over one week no we do one day every two weeks or so I mean we start our rookie school in you know, I believe it's June so we try to get people in early um, so that way they're they are ready to go as soon as season starts in August um, but I mean we have classroom work and then we have uh, on-field clinics that we try to conduct so that uh, and and this believe it or not the seven on sevens have helped a little bit they don't help quite as much as I wish that they would because they're seven on sevens and mm -hmm. you don't see the line play uh, in seven on sevens that you do in regular football but um, it does help get guys out there and know what to look for um, and you know and so, so I mean, we have the on-field clinics. Mm -hmm. uh, there's the rules tests and, and you know things of that nature. But mainly, I mean, where are you going to get your experience? Is just go out there and watch games. I remember when you know, like like I said, when I started, mm -hmm. even before I started, I would go out there and just stand on the sidelines and watch guys work, mm -hmm. and not pay attention to rooting for a team or you know hoping this would happen, hoping that would happen. You know, pay attention to what the officials are doing. Our younger officials now. You know, we started a mentoring group now where each rookie is assigned a particular crew. And some guys, you know, they won't even come out and follow us and watch us work. I mean, there's not – the dedication's not there. And maybe it's a generational thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But, uh, but I mean, that's that's what it takes to get started. And then, but the level of commitment's got to be there for, for guys to, to stay on. The average age of an official in our association is 51. Oh, wow. So we don't have a lot of right. young guys that are working. We're slowly you know, getting better, but mm -hmm. I mean, it's one reason my dad probably would have retired by now. My dad's gonna be 69 in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. But we don't, my dad feels like he has an obligation to the student athletes, to the coaches, and to our local association mm -hmm. because he still is physically able to do it, right. that he needs to keep doing it. Sure, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a lot of training. I mean, our school at an officials clinic couple summers ago very impressed with everything that was happening how it was going on um, that's that's awesome that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff to do yes and, and and you know a lot of coaches don't and coaches and players they don't realize what we do during the season to get ready mm -hmm. I mean not even to become an official but to stay an official um, you know huddle has been a huge sure. huge tool that we use now do all of our officials use it no right. unfortunately um, I was talking with uh, one of our other officials who, who helps run our huddle at our meetings. Um, he came up to me during one of the meetings and says, Andy, you watch more huddle than anybody else in the association. Mm -hmm. He goes, I've got you logged at X number of hours. I said, and there's reasons for that. One, I want to know what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong. But also, I try to look at the teams that I have in the upcoming week and know what tendencies are. Um, you know, Halfway through the season, I switched positions last year. Mm. So... I had to go, I went from working on the sideline to working as a back judge. So I had to go back and look and see, you know, what are, you know, is this a passing team? Is this an option team? Is it a primarily, you know, wing T offense? And right, yeah. I, I've got to know what I've got to prepare for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I appreciate that because 
sometimes at the pregame officials meetings they ask you stuff like are y'all still running like the belly series i'm like yeah we're like in the spread yeah i mean i'll give you an example i mean you go down to james monroe i mean they've been known for years for running a wing t offense mm-hmm. and we had them twice last year and no they didn't start out at a wing t but they finished wing T when they were in both oh, games when they realized that was their best offense. Yeah, yeah. So we were we were prepared for it, but or at least I was prepared for it because I'd right. watched film. Sure. But uh, but yeah, I mean everybody you know, Parkersburg has that reputation. You know, they ran a wing T for years, and mm-hmm. to an extent, they still run a wing T. Right. Tee. Yeah. But but yeah, so I mean, Huddle has been an, an invaluable tool mm-hmm. for us. Now the only thing that we wish that was different from when we used to ask coaches for game tapes was. Mm-hmm. Um, when we throw a flag, we can see the flag being thrown on huddle. But unless we specifically know what that flag was for, we don't know what to actually look for. So if I called a hold, you know, we don't know exactly that it that a hold was called. So we don't really know sure. what to look for unless we actually dive into the film and actually specifically look for it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes high school film can be. It's I have a hard time getting guys to film our games. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. that, that's so it's not as the quality. It's not as the cameras over the place. You're like, what was? Yeah. yeah, what's going on? It's crazy. The biggest downside to, to huddle, in my opinion, is when coaches send it back is uh, I get some coaches that will send, hey, you need to look at this play, this play, this play. That was horrible. You know, when we ask coaches to send us game film, mm-hmm. I understand that they're frustrated with, you know, we may have missed a call here or they thought this was a hold right. or whatever. But we want the game film to get better. Yeah, you know that happened to us earlier this year. Where you know I, I'm responsible in our crew for getting game film. Coach sent me back game film and said, "Hey, this play, this play, this play. These were all wrong." I instantly just deleted that game film off the of huddle. I didn't even want to watch it because I knew that his comments were going to be put onto those plays. I got you. So what did I do? I went to the other coach from the other team and got the huddle from yeah. him. So that's one of the things that I'm trying to get you know, coaches to realize we just want to watch the game film. We know how to evaluate game film, and we know if we missed a call or not. Right. Sure. Yeah, I, I know I can be guilty of that, you know, as a coach. You have been guilty of that, you know, and I can personally speak to that. Yeah, Andy definitely can. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny people are listening. Me and Andy got, only, got after each other a little bit a couple of years ago, um, but we since made up. We have. Um, and it's, it's crazy because, I mean, if you would have asked my wife would I be sitting here right now talking to you, you know, in a professional manner, she would have told you absolutely not. There's no way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think it's it's part of me growing as a coach. Um, me growing as an official. Yeah. And it, it's cool, though, because, like, we made up, and then we're, you know, we're talking, and, you know, we tweet and, t- and text and stuff, and that's been really And we cool. want each other to get better. You want me to get better. I want you to get better as a coach. Because, you know, the way I see it is if, if you improve your football team, that means that the game that I officiate for you is going to be more competitive sure. and makes it a whole lot more fun. Yeah, absolutely. Man, it's awesome. That's great. Um, so point three, so how does an official see the game? So I know, like, as a coach, I'm looking for this, that, and the other. Like, how does an official – and you can even talk about how that changes based on what position you're in, um, you back judge, side judge. Right. Um, but just kind of talk about how do you see a football game? I mean, one – well – you know, if I've had a team before, are there preconceived notions? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, the last time you played somebody who stuck it up your rear, you have a preconceived notion. So we have the we have the same concept now. Does it play into it? No, but it's always in the back of our mind. Right. And if we've had kids before, we know who the trouble kids are. And yeah. I'll be flat. Tell your kids, hey, you're a trouble kid. 
you need, you know, and, and it happens. But, I mean, how do we see the game? You know, we see it black and white. We don't, you know, when we're, we're you know, we're focused on our area. You know, we're focused on getting the calls right. I mean, that, well, the majority of us are. Um, the, there's, there's a shift in officiating now more towards, like, the way the college game is called a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to make sure we get calls right. And we, we really just, you know, each position is a little bit different. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, past three, four years I've been a wing guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out that I listen to assistant coaches too much, and I don't like assistant coaches as much. So I've moved back to back judge where I don't have to hear it sure. anymore. Because, I mean, to me, it, it improves the game if I'm back there. And I'm probably the most athletic guy on our crew. Mm-hmm. So, and the most athletic guy needs to be the back judge anyway. Sure. And that's not really not saying much for our crew. I hate to say that, but. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but you're like the youngest guy of all I'm, I am, I'm the youngest guy on the crew, and I'm, yeah, and yeah. I, and I'm 35. But, I mean, as, as a wing guy, you know, my main thing is, and you can attest this from the game we had last year, is I want my sideline to be clear. Yeah. I want to I work, and I want to have room to run. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was working the sideline, I gave whether you were – in violation of or not, I give a sideline warning within the first four minutes of the game. Sure. That gave you the notion, hey, if I see you again, if I see you at all, I'm going to fly sure, again. Right. And then it's going to cost you. Right. Um, but, I mean, in, in the past I have been nitpicky as far as a wing official, you know, guys being in the neutral zone, off, you know, out of the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started to get better with, with that, and I think most officials are. Um, the biggest probably concern for, for wing officials is those wideouts. Yeah. They think just because they look at an official and point at him, they think that they're on the line. Right, yeah. And, right. and you know, and we get a lot of feedback from coaches that, you know, there were, you know, ten encroachments called. Well, probably five of those was was because your, your wideout right. was in the neutral zone and, just, and he's pointed and he's put, punched forward. Well – Punch forward means, yes, he's on the line, but it can also mean that he's in the neutral zone. Right. So, I mean, and my big thing is, you know, coaches say, well, you're supposed to tell him whether he's on the line or offline. No, I'm not. I am not a football coach. I'm a football official. Mm. So, I don't know whether that guy's supposed to be on the line. I don't know what kind of crazy formation, especially with the spread offense now, I don't know what kind of crazy formations you're going to run with two slot guys on the, on the right. line of scrimmage and right. one wide out guy off. So my job is to punch forward, punch backwards. Now, there are some guys out there that will say, hey, you're on the line. Hey, you're off the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a believer in that because I don't think I should be coaching kids. Right. Uh, because if I tell a kid you're on the line and he's not supposed to be on the line, now you're getting mad at me because I told him he was on the line of scrimmage. Right, yeah. So that's another reason why I've moved to back judge. I don't have to communicate quite as much anymore. Um, as far as a back judge, you know, what am I, how do I see the game? Uh, how wide is a football field? Fifty-three and a half yards. Mm. That's how I see the game. Oh, wow. I'm, yeah. I mean, I and I mean, and we're working five man for mm. the most part. I mean, I'm responsible from sideline to sideline mm-hmm. as far as you know receiving goes. But, um, but I see the game as a whole uh, as a back judge. I can't really speak as a referee because I'm not the white hat, and I will never ever work umpire because I'm not. I don't feel like getting my legs knocked out from under me. Um, <laughs> But, I've seen some those poor umpires. They get trucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and we're 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 trying to get. We would like to get that changed to where it's like the uh, the NFL guys are. They work behind the offense, but yeah. Why doesn't high school change that? Why do you think? 
I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's like a dangerous position. It, it, it's a very, are. it's a very dangerous position, and that's a that's a trouble position where a crew has trouble finding somebody to work. I yeah. mean, it, it really does. Um, it takes a special person to get in there and to mix it up with mm-hmm. the with you know 250, 300 pound linemen. Yeah. And um, I mean, we had one point this year um, our umpire got hurt, mm. and we had to figure out you know who was going to go in there, right. and I said, well, I'll go. In there as a hybrid umpire back judge, I yeah. guess you could say. Sure. But I mean, I mean, you're fearing for your life in a, in a lot of in a lot of cases. So I don't know why high school won't go away from that. I think it, I think it's going to come. Cl- I think before they go to that, I mm. think they'll add what you see in college, which is the center official. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I think they may add that first. I mean, here in West Virginia, in my honest opinion, we're a little bit behind the times because uh, we're still working five man in playoffs, but that's. Mm. That's just my opinion. Sure. So, um, but I mean, I think the overall officiating is is, is good. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, like I said, how do I see a game? Uh, my job, more than anything, as a back judge, is to control the game mm-hmm. uh, because I get a I get a lot of the guys that are in the middle of the field talking a bunch of trash. Sure. And um, I'm in charge of the clock. If right. the clock's not work, working, and I get super frustrated at clock operators, probably more than anybody in the state does. <laughs> um, yeah, I, and I'll say this: it's hard to find people who want to go like to the clock operators training. Yes, it's really hard as a high school coach just to volunteer. You yes, know what I mean I can ask them. But I don't have any power of you. Know and, what I mean, and, yeah, and and the funny thing is, you know, and people say, well, they don't have problems in the college game. Well, they, one, those people are paid, correct, and they are not paid by the schools. They are paid by the conference, right? Like there's a guy up in Morgantown, he works for the Big Twelve. He doesn't work WVU games as a clock operator, but he travels around to all the other Big Twelve schools and is a clock operator there. Sure. So, I mean, but the the play clock is the big thing mm-hmm. or has been the big thing with the new play clock this year we really didn't see that big of an issue with it mm-hmm. with the exception of maybe one school but the, the game clock I'll be flat out you see cheating more than anything oh sure yeah. I mean that's where cheating you don't see cheating on the field you see cheating on, when it comes to the play clock and the game clock yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's and I'm one of those people. Teachers, just a reminder. Oh, we got a reminder. We're all heading down to the creation lab with your standards based grading teacher. You want to come down? Just talk, check on progress. Come on down. So here, Nitro, we do standards based grading. It's a real life podcast. I apologize. No, you're fine. No, no, no big deal. Go ahead. Um, but I mean, um, I think we, you know, my recommendation has, you know, and I've mentioned this and it just doesn't go anywhere, you know. Here in West Virginia, we require officials to be on the chain crew. And that's the other place where you see, I wouldn't say cheating, but we have issues. That's another reason why I moved off of the sidelines sure. uh, is chain crews. Um, I'll get, you know, I'll, that's another story. But, <laughs> um, you know, in West Virginia, we have registered officials in the playoffs on the chain crew. Right. I really believe more than having registered officials on the chains, we ought to have registered officials on the clocks. Yeah, I agree. Because to me, I think the clock is more important than the chains are because all the chain guys have to do is stand there. And if they screw up, we have a method to fix that real easy. Right. So, but I mean, I mean, but how I see the game, you know, Mm -hmm. in multiple, multiple ways, um, I see it as a player because I was a player, not very long, but I was a player. Sure. Um, I see it as a fan. Mm -hmm. And, and And when I watch games on TV, with the exception of, the view, I 
watch the officials. Sure. I'm watching the officials more than anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm a student of officiating, sure. whether it be football, basketball, or baseball. I'm a student. That's awesome. You're talking about the clock. Sometimes I get on our clock guy, who actually I, I like. He's a great guy. <laughs> it's like to either stop the clock or run the clock. Yeah. You know, that's hard because that's, you know, they show up on Friday nights and that's that's it. Like there's that, That's you all you have it. to do. Is, is And you don't even have to worry about the score. Just push a button on it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and, and watch. All you have to do really is just watch. I mean, that's why we give hand motions. It's not like you have somebody radioing up to, hey, you have to stop the clock. No, yeah. all you have to do is watch hand motions. Sure. You have to know two simple hand motions, start the clock or stop the clock. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and it's just a matter of guys get in there, they start talking with their buddies in the press box, and you know, and they just don't yeah. pay attention anymore. I, you know what I do really like? I like the fact we went to the 40-second clock because that takes away some of that. Like you were talking about. That cheating, cheating, and that's, playing the clock wind. Yeah. It starts as soon as that plays over. It yeah, and, and I think we only, our crew only had one issue with it. You know, a, a, maybe two issues with it. And it, at first, I didn't think I was going to like it because one, I hadn't, ha- I don't have much faith in the play clock operators to begin with. Sure. Uh, prior to the forty-second clock, but but since we went to it, mm-hmm. we really didn't have a huge, huge issue with it. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was really good for the game of fo- yeah. for high school football. I liked it, and I don't know how people, like, huddle anymore with the 40-second clock. I mean, I, I'm calling plays, and I look at my play sheet, and there's, like, 40 seconds left. Yeah, it's it, – I don't know how people do it. it yeah, it, it's it, – I, I, I don't even – I think we had maybe five delayed game penalties the whole year. Mm. But I think every single school we had – did not really run a huddle offense. Right. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. 25-second clock, you can kind of wait, you know, they blow the whistle. But now, yeah. as soon as the ball spotted, boom. You're yeah, and my dad was one of those guys, you know, he he would dictate the speed of the game. He was, you know, that kind of that sure. kind of guy. And he was, as soon as the ball set, all right, two seconds, boom, I'm marking it ready for play. And mm-hmm. I, so we used to have a bunch of delay games. But, sure. you know, now we really didn't have any because, you know, dad doesn't have to blow the Blow it ready. Yeah, that was a big adjustment for officials too, because yeah. um, you know part of my job too, as far as our crew goes, is to make sure my dad knows whether or not he needs to blow the ready for play oh, or right. not. Sure. Sure. Because I mean, with the new forty-second clock, he doesn't blow any. He doesn't blow the whistle yeah. ready for play. He doesn't chop it or anything like that. Right. So I mean, him and I have a signal that we use where, hey, you, you know, if it's a confusing situation, like we had a, a guy go out of bounds or something along those lines, you know. I give him a signal like, nope, you don't have to blow it right for play. That way he knows, and that way he doesn't screw it up. That's good. That's awesome. Well, see, that kind of leads me to my last, my last question here. Talk about, you know, coach and official interaction during the game. Like, what would, what are you looking for from the head coach during the game? Because I know, like for me, I'm big on my assistants. Like, you don't talk to the officials. And that, that for me, that's that, that's that's really big. You know. You know, I also do college baseball, and in the NCAA rule book for baseball, it specifically states assistant coaches are not allowed to talk to umpires. Sure. And to me, I carry that over into just about any sport. Mm-hmm. An assistant coach's job is to support the head coach in coaching his kids. So right. his job and his job only is to coach the kids, calm the kids down when it needs to be calmed down. Mm-hmm. The, co- the head coach's job is to facilitate what's going on in the field and be that person to talk to officials sure. so first thing that I always try to do whether I'm working back judge or whether I'm working the wing is I introduce myself to that coach and 
Actually, I think what our crew is going to start doing next year is to send our entire crew to the pregame meeting in the locker room with the coaches. Okay. So that way the coaches know who's on what sideline and who's going to have their sideline. Um, my big thing is I don't like to call a coach coach. Mm, interesting. I like to call a coach by his first name. Right. And I like for a coach to call me by my first name. There's, to me, you know, hey, ref, you know, that's a fan's point of view. Um, you know, or you know, Mr. Official is okay if you really can't remember my name, but I think it shows a sign of respect that, hey, I took the time out to mm-hmm. write down your name on the card, uh, on a piece of paper, so I know exactly who I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I would really like to see uh, us go to is – sideline officials switching sides in the second half. Oh, that's interesting. They do that in a lot of college conferences. And, um, you know, we are rated by coaches. And how can a coach on the other other sideline rate me if he – I mean, if he doesn't see my point of – my side – you know, the Mm -hmm. visual sideline. So, um, so, but, I mean, mean, that's what I'm really looking for. And, you know, I like to be called by my first name, uh, you know, the mo- and you can probably attest to this. The moment I feel disrespected, mm-hmm. you know, that's when communication ceases. Right. You know, and 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 I know it's an emotional game, and it's emotional for me too. Believe me, I've had a situation this past season where I screwed something up very big, and it looked really bad on film. And as soon as I got in the locker room, uh, you know, I slammed my hat down and got mad at myself and swore I was going to quit. Uh, and I know coaches have those those days too. Right. And you know, so we make mistakes too, and we evaluate ourselves. I'm my biggest critic, um, even though sometimes I don't feel like my biggest critic, but I am my biggest critic. So, uh, so I mean, and just open communications. I mean, if 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 you come and, and treat me treat me with respect and treat my crew with respect, then you're going to get that respect back. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is that going to get you a couple calls? It may keep me from. It may keep me from throwing that 15-yard unsportsmanlike on you, right? Because I've initially gotten that respect from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that there are coaches out there that I can say, you know, talk to, say, "Hey, we need to get you on the sideline." But there are other coaches that I just have to side, give them a sideline warning right away because I know it's not going to, it's not right. going to change. Right. So I mean, that's really the communication. And you know, the the last thing that I, I would say is if you know a play happens that you're that you don't like. Once the play is over, you have that 40 seconds of dead ball period to yell at me in a respectful manner. Right. But once that next play happens, that play is over. We're not talking about it anymore. Right. You know, don't be a history major. We're not going to bring up, well, you did this in the second quarter. You have to do this in the fourth quarter. You know, we're not going to talk about what happened in the second quarter. We're in the fourth quarter now. Let's talk about this play right. and this play only. Sure. So that, that's mainly what, what I look for with, with coaches. That's awesome. Now, you probably heard me on the sidelines of our game this year. I'm I'm one yelling at my coaches to get back. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You have a get-back coach. I'm like, dude, let the guy work. You know what I mean? Like, I just see the – like, I go on Twitter and see those videos of, like, coaches getting mowed over because they're standing yeah. in the way of the official. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that happened to me this year. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at a place that doesn't have a whole lot of room, but right. it's on turf. There's a big white space there, and your feet can't be in the white. <laughs> yeah. And and actually, his toes were actually in the field of play, and I oh. bumped into him. Yeah. And he got mad because he got a 15-yard sideline interference. Correct. And 
he says, well, why isn't that a sideline warning? I said, because I made contact with you. Right. And, and, um, you know, and I was working uh, back judge, and I was backpedaling in another game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm backpedaling. I can't see what's coming. Yeah. That takes my, you know, health into concern. Because sure. yeah, all yeah. it takes is for me to bump into you, fall, tear an ACL. Right, yeah. Now I'm losing money from work because I've got to take time off work. I've got to pay medical bills. Right. You know, I'm not risking injury sure. because you want to stay into a white area. Right. That white area is in there, you know, for my protection so I can work. Yeah, yeah. Let me work. I mean, you can be in there until the ball's live. So since the ball's snapped, back up. Right. That's awesome. Well, Andy, I appreciate your time. Oh, I know the listeners will really enjoy this because I've never had an official in the podcast. This is awesome. I enjoyed it. I, I've recently become a podcast guy, and I didn't realize how many officiating podcasts are actually Really? Out. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm a big baseball guy. Baseball is my primary sport, and there are a ton of, uh, of baseball oh. umpire podcasts out there, but there's also a few. Uh, I found a guy in Florida who, who does an officiating podcast, too. So, I've, so during the season, I was listening to him because he would go over rules every week and things like that. So it was, it was really great. That's awesome. Well, thank you for being on. No problem. And the listeners, I'll put this one up shortly.